Hey everybody! Hello. <laughs> How are you, Billy? I'm not too bad, Toph. How are you doing? I'm doing quite well. How's thanks. your weekend been? Look, there was some wine last night, <laughs> which I was aware of upon waking up yeah. this morning, but I'm feeling a little bit groggy. I've played through it. And you got to the movies today? And I got to the movies. Did you have some popcorn to soak up the wine? I sure didn't, because I don't like popcorn. Yeah, see, that's messed up. <laughs> <laughs> Just another one of your opinions that is wrong. Clearly. <laughs> uh, I got to the movies twice this weekend, actually. Um, some of the feedback we've received on email is that people are a bit confused because they expect this podcast to be about movies with bears in them. Mm. So happy to inform, I went and saw Paddington too. Are we going to go? Are we going to deep dive on Paddington? Or? Nah, no, it was, no. It, it was fine. No. <laughs> but well, for, for, for the for the bear fans out there, yeah, just be aware. I saw it. There you go. And <laughs> if you're grateful. particularly into films with bears, yeah, just be aware that it, it's out there. If Paddington Two is out there. Catch it. Get amongst it. <laughs> Uh, so what we are going to deep dive into today, though, is The Disaster Artist. The Disaster Artist. Now, well, obviously, we're both big fans of The Room, as any decent human <laughs> being should be. Quite right. Because it is a tremendous film in so many ways. Yes, and we should probably address right at the top. It's, it's impossible to talk about The Disaster Artist. Without talking about The Room. Without talking about what The Room. What The Disaster Artist is, is the true story of the making of The Room, which now, is widely known as the worst film ever made. Yes. Now, there are people out there believe it or not, who don't know what The Room is. Right. So do you, should we go into The Room a little bit? Let's briefly touch on The Room, which right. is a film from, that was released in 2003. Yep. Written, produced, directed, and, and starring, starring one Tommy Wiseau. That's right. Now, Tommy Wiseau claims to be from New Orleans. The truth is that nobody knows where he's from. No one knows where he's from other than clearly not anywhere no. in the United States. No, he's got a pretty outrageous Eastern European oh, I don't accent. No. Uh he the film cost a budget of just over 6 million which he financed personally. Mm. Nobody knows exactly where that money came and from. It is a train wreck of a film. It is. It is in it's in been many many ways. The best the a description I had heard of the room before before we before we saw it was that it it is the Citizen Kane of bad films. Yeah. You, you imagine how bad a film can be. Yeah. The room is it. it. It's it's written by someone... It's almost as if he'd never seen a film. And so anyway, The Disaster Artist is the story of the making of that and it's based on a book which is written by uh, the lead actor... Well, second lead actor in the film apart from Tommy Wiseau, a man named Greg Sestero. And Played in The Disaster Artist by... Dave Franco. By Dave Franco. With Tommy Wiseau being played by James Franco. It's a very Franco-esque production, The Disaster Artist. It's it's directed by Franco. In some ways, this is... You know, James Franco is to this as Tommy Wiseau was to The Room. Yes. This is just better. <laughs> 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 now, you haven't read the book, have you? Even though I've been recommending it for years. Yeah, well, you haven't read it either. I've, I've both read it and listened to it. Oh, okay. I take I, it back. I am a gigantic fan of this book. The day it came out in 2013... Uh, I was actually in the States and I ran down to Barnes & Noble in New York, bought a hard copy of this book, read it twice that week, and I've since listened to it twice as well. It's it's one of my favourite books. So this for me is probably my most anticipated film of the last couple of years, even more than Star Wars. I've been anticipating this film ever since I read the book, even before the film was announced. So let's let's just dive in. Because I have such a kind of high expectation of this film, 
you you start this because I I feel like my opinion is maybe going to be slightly off to yours. So you okay. just dive right in. Tell um, us. Well, I was also massively looking forward to this film as a yeah. someone who I don't even know if it's right to call yourself a fan of the room because the room has a massive. It does now have a massive following. Giant follow. In fact, what I found out today is that it's made its budget back. Yeah, it's it's actually managed to turn a profit, which for a six million. I know that it's been fifteen years now. But for a six million dollar film that is widely regarded as the worst one ever made, pretty impressive that it's turned a, turned a profit. Yeah, unlike Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how that does in fifteen years. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I was really looking forward to this as well. Yeah, um, haven't haven't read the book, but I've been told a lot about it by you on many <laughs> many occasions. And also, I guess anyone who is familiar with the room is 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 at least somewhat familiar with how it was made, whether yeah. or not you know every little story that happened. You're aware of Tommy Wiseau and well, yeah, because the credits and... start and every credit is Tommy Wiseau. That's right. In fact, the film opens with two separate production logos for Wiseau films. Yeah, because he paid to have two made and couldn't decide which one he liked better. Now, the start of the very start of the Disaster Artist is we we start with a bit of real life. That's right. Of a bunch of which I was actually surprised. A by bunch this. of famous faces, including Kristen Bell, Kevin yep. Smith. Keegan Michael Keyes, Adam yeah. Scott, J.J. Abrams, yes. and, among, and and there's more, just talking about the phenomenon that is the room. The room, yeah. And one thing that they bring up, and this, you know, this has been brought up by by several people talking about the room, which is this god awful film, yeah, which people love, yeah, and people are still Fascinated talking with, about, yeah. You know, a decade and a half later, people, not many movies do that, yeah. So. It does pose this, it's and it's not a central part of the disaster artist, but it is a nice little tangential kind of thing. That is the room through, not by design, but is the room a great piece of art? Which is the, it's the very question that it poses. What is a bad movie? Because you know there are some great movies that nobody ever sees. There are some bad movies that a lot of people sees. But this isn't even about how many people have seen it. This is about. This is about its longevity. The fact that people are still watching and talking and having fun with this film 15 years later. And making a film about the making of the film. Yeah. It is It is, it is a remarkable thing. Yeah, it really is. It and really it is. draws in... So, like, the, the, there's those people, the famous faces at the beginning of the film. Even within the film, the amount of people who clearly were like, hell yeah, I'll be a part. I, I want to be a part of this. I want to be part of that. Yeah. In, in, in the supporting cast, you've got Sharon Stone... Yes. Melanie Griffiths. Yep. Alison Brie. Yep. Zac Efron. Uh, who's great. <laughs> Megan Mullally. Yep. Hannibal Buress. Yep. Bob Odenkirk. Yep. Uh, Jackie Weaver Jackie for the Weaver. Australians out there. She's fantastic, actually, yeah. as Lisa's mum. Yep. Like the amount. Brian, Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston makes an appearance, and you've forgotten Nathan. Fielder. Nathan Fielder. <laughs> from, I was very from, excited. From Comedy Central's Nathan Few, which is one of my all-time favourite shows. <laughs> he only makes a small part in this, but it just brought a little, I was very brought excited. A little smile to my I was face. like, hey, Nathan Few's in this. <laughs> yeah. like, just the amount of people in the business who were just like, yeah, yeah sign it, me up. It's widely been regarded that anyone in Hollywood, particularly comedians, love The Room and love this film. And yeah, the amount of them who came out of the woodworks just to be a part of mm. this, I think really shows that. Yeah. And while so the disaster artist, yeah, the, is is about how the room came to be. It's actually a really personal story, though. Which is my favorite part of the book is that it's 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 really the book is kind of split between three stories. 
it's the story of Greg Sestero, who, as I said before, wrote the book and plays the part of Mark. And it actually starts five years before the room was released. Uh, so it's actually the story of how he met Tommy mm. and what was going on with his life at the time and how Tommy affected his life. Mm. And actually, so they meet in an, in an acting class in, they San, do, in, in San, San Francisco. Francisco. And our introduction to Tommy is him quite literally throwing himself yeah. around a stage. You've it's heard kind the term of... chew the scenery. He, it's, I'm, at one point, I wouldn't be surprised if he actually put his mouth on some of the set. Like yeah. he... From the very first time we meet him, it's this condensed little thing of what Tommy is. Yeah. He's just he is full throttle into this thing. Yeah. And it's terrible. Yes, and but it Greg Sestero was very drawn to that because he he saw something in Tommy that wasn't in himself and that was this complete lack of fear and this ability to just get up there and do it. Um just really drew him and that's how that relationship started. They do a really great job of humanizing all of the characters. You know, Greg and Tommy in particular, it would have been very easy to make this a slapstick comedy. Yeah, James, they... James Franco's portrayal of Tommy could so easily have just fallen into car- yeah. like a caricature because Tommy. Because Tommy was almost is already a caricature. Yeah, so, with, the, with the voice and the laugh and everything. Yeah. It would be so easily to not be able to take that character seriously because yeah. we're so used... If, if, particularly if you've seen The Room, yeah, it's so hard to take that person seriously yes but james franco actually gave a fantastic performance so he was my favorite performance in this i was a little less overwhelmed with dave franco which is weird because usually i quite like dave franco and i'm not james franco is a bit more hit and miss for me but james franco put in a great performance in this film he's he's, it's actually amazing he really is and and you know the like he is one of those people that, for me, he's always been kind of a little bit of a joke in Hollywood, but I actually do believe that he is probably a very smart man. Like, he... And he obviously has a love of film, which is one of the big things about this. One of the key messages is just about how wonderful film as an art can be, even if it's terrible. Yeah. And I think that he was actually a pretty good choice to make this movie. Now, with the... I don't, I don't know what it's like in the book, but in the film... And this is this is something that kind of doesn't quite work for me. Is whose film is it? Is yeah. it Greg's film or is it Tommy's film? Yeah. Now this. All right. I guess I'll get into some of it because this for me was the largest departure from the actual story. There were a few. There were about three kind of big changes. You know, there there are little changes along the way, as always happens when you translate a book to film, because that just has to happen. You're condensing it yep. down. There were a couple of big changes and. The big one for me was in Greg's character. So I don't know how much people, whether people listening to this have read the book or not, but Greg actually was starting to gain quite a career in in Hollywood prior to The Room. He had had a couple of bit parts, a couple of kind of lead roles, and he had even had actually one larger lead role in a film. And he was really starting to build a career, which I'm surprised they left out because that really kind of drove Tommy's jealousy which you see a little bit in this film, but it's mainly in the film geared towards Greg having a relationship with a girl. And from reading the book, there is always this question of, well, how much are they using each other? You know, like how much are they actually friends? And is, is Greg Sestero really just in this, you know, to kind of, he's living in Tommy's apartment rent free. He's getting paid to act in this movie. And, you know, so even though Greg's a great character, it does kind of add a little bit more depth Mm. to 
to it. So I was a bit sad to see that change. Because like in the movie, you're aware that Tommy has money. He's financing the movie yeah. himself. And not, not a... just financing, he he bought all of the equipment, bought yeah. two entire sets of, of equipment, not renting any of it. Yeah, which no one does. Nobody like, does. Like Kubrick owned his own lenses, but... <laughs> I mean, my, Michael Bay owns his own red camera. <laughs> God, I don't want to know what Michael Bay does with that. Um, I, I do love the fact that the film itself kind of throws up and feeds into the, the myth of Tommy. Like, yes. there's no answers to who this guy is. Yes, yeah. How is he in a position yeah. to be... Af- how does he afford these things? What, is, what has he done? Where did his money come from? Yeah. A couple of times in the movie, you know, the people, casting people like um, Bob Odenkirk's character. Yes. He's saying, you know, you're the only kind of character you can play is a villain. Yeah. You could be like Dracula or something. Or a Frankenstein monster. And Dracula comes up a couple of times. Yes. Is Tommy Wiseau a vampire? Well, I mean, that's always been a theory because... Because he fucking looks like one. <laughs> well, and in the book too, Greg, because obviously the book is a lot longer, there's a lot more detail. Greg goes into, he would come home and Tommy would be hanging from a bar over the door. Like, like Michael from Keaton his legs. in Batman. Yes. And and when he first wrote the script for The Room, he did actually throw out there, which I think does come up in the movie at some yeah. point. Oh, and also maybe Johnny Vampire. Yeah. He never really decided on that. <laughs> 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 the way the film works is as Greg's story. Yes. Particularly at the end of the film then. Yes. You do really kind of veer more to Tommy. Yeah. But when then we... you'll be back mm-hmm. and it doesn't totally work for me. I was exactly the same. When we left the theatre, my wife said, I feel like they got a little bit too heavy with the room. And by the end, she kind of left kind of thinking like, did I just watch the room? <laughs> like... You know, instead of watching this separate film about the making of it, there are a lot of elements for it that really worked for me, but it just wasn't... I, I, I agree that I feel like they got too... too they, they veered away from what the story was, I think. And it would be... Like, I can totally understand the temptation, because they shot... I think I, saw, I read... Um, 20 minutes. It. Is that what you were about to say? That they shot 20 minutes of uh, shot-for-shot of the room of the room? Yeah. yeah. And I can totally understand the... The temptation to do that you just be like how fun would it be to just yeah like here we are let's put on a show yep. we, can, we can just do the room for ourselves yeah. and actually some of that was used really well this is so the the book ends at the start of the premiere the lights go down the movie starts he looks at tommy's face and he sees how happy he is that he's finally you know made it in tommy's eyes and that's where the book ends the film takes this an extra 15 minutes and it goes through what happens when that movie plays and the entire audience laughing and Tommy starting to cry and and Greg talking to him and because it has always been ever since the release Tommy has very firmly said it's a black comedy mm. he he won't admit that he was trying to make a serious movie yeah, everyone knows that that's not the case yeah, everyone knows it's the case but this film kind of explains that that was that was Greg talking to him and saying look these people are still loving it you just need to embrace yeah, it they don't love it for the reasons you wanted them to love it but they, but they still do love, love it. it so you just need to accept that and embrace it and that was one part of the film that did work for me I really liked seeing that because as as nice as the ending in the book was it was also nice to Again, kind of humanise Tommy a little bit more and go, hey, this this is still a person. He was still trying to... Yeah. You know, it might have been weird, but it was it was his story. And because in the film, like he's a... As he's portrayed in the film, at any rate, he can be a really average person. Yes. But he's also... Like, you do... You really feel the guy because he's obviously... 
oh, in some ways insecure, in some ways misguided. He's and like the way Franco plays him, he's such a he's so human yeah. that you can't help but feel for him, even though there's plenty of times in the film where you're like, you dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he and he can Like his be, I mean his behaviour on set is appalling. Yeah, see and, and obviously again, like you know, we're talking about a, a much longer book condensed out you know, like that was just a small taste of of the kind of stuff that went on on mm. set. Like he was consistently late every day. He actually fired two entire sets of crews. Whereas in the film, it's kind, you know, it's kind of hinted that he fired one, but right towards the end of production anyway. Mm. Whereas he actually went through two entire sets. It's really good, actually. The, the relate in the film, the relationship between Tommy and the script supervisor, Seth played Rogen? by Seth Rogen, yeah, and the director of photography, yes, and because those kind of guys, because Tommy doesn't know what he's doing, yeah. it, it kind of winds up being on those guys, yes, to well, make this film. I mean, when they're standing there going, "What?" Is this trash? Yeah, Sandy, the uh, Seth Rogen character, who's the script supervisor, he apparently directed most of the room, and he do- he will not want to admit that. And apparently, I can't even remember whether he actually even got a credit as script supervisor because of the whole falling out. So it might not even be on his resume, which he's probably mm, happy he's about. Probably but pretty all right with that. He he apparently basically directed this film, mm. <laughs> and the, I mean the look on Seth Rogen's face during all the scenes where they're he was it wonderful. is priceless. He was wonderful. <laughs> Just he, this look of what is fucking yeah, happening I mean, here. You know, I know that we we tend to say this almost every week these days, but the performances in this film were great. There were the only one I wasn't really thrilled with was Dave Franco. How did you feel about Dave Franco? I thought Dave Franco was good because not not great but good um because you know he's playing a, he didn't you know you could resisting the temptation to make greg a genuine hero yeah like yeah. greg's in the film a kind of pathetic character sometimes yeah yep um which as i said comes up in the book where mm. there is always that question of you know what are Greg's motives? You know, like, he, obviously it's written from his point of view, so you do kind of side with him, but at the same time, he doesn't, he doesn't ever say, look, I wasn't a dick. <laughs> like, mm. yeah. But the whole, the kind of pathetic as an actor thing, that was one big change for me that I was like, mm, that's not really who Greg was. And it was a change for me that I, I kind of understand why they did it, because it kind of helped you understand why he was drawn to Tommy. But, you know, it, I feel like that could have been done a little truer to the story. He, now, his, I think this is an important question for this film. Yeah. Do you think the disaster artist works? And this is going to be hard for us to answer. But does the disaster artist work if you haven't seen The Room? Is this no. Is this a film that works by itself or is it just a really cool companion piece yeah. to it, something that you already love? I'm going to go out there and say it 100% does not work if you haven't seen The Room. And I think that's the biggest shame in this movie is that I have been recommending the book to anyone and everyone whether you've seen the movie or not because it is a great story. And like I said, it's about, it's about Greg. The disaster artist, I feel, did lean too much towards the room and they try to give you as much kind of backstory as they can but I, f- I do feel that without having seen the room you are missing quite a large chunk of the comedy in this film yeah absolutely yeah um and it, impossible for us to say because how, we've seen the room many how, times how <laughs> much you could enjoy this film if you haven't seen it um but, but like, for me i like i i wanted to absolutely love this film and i wanted it to be an absolute brilliant I was bit of work ex- I was expecting this to make my top five of by the itself year, and yeah. it won't and in the end I like I really really enjoyed it as an add-on yes 
to the room. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't dislike it by any stretch. No, I mean, I like this film. There's lots of good things about it. I like it. this film. Yeah. But for me, it's best quality is as an add-on to something yeah. I've already got. Uh, like, for example, how many people were in your cinema when you saw it today? Uh, probably 20. Right, that's more than mine. There were three other people in my cinema and we're talking two days after opening. Mm. I think that shows that, yeah, without prior knowledge of the room, I don't think there's many people rushing out to see this movie. Have you have you rated the film? I've been tossing it up in my mind. Originally, I was thinking a seven. I'm swinging between a seven and a six, which makes me really sad. I want to give it a seven and I wanted to give it a 10. I, I really wanted to. But I just think that it's... I think its biggest flaw, as we've just said, is that it doesn't really work as a movie on its own, which I think, given the source material, it very much could have. So for me, I th- I haven't actually gone into the IMDb app yet, but I'll probably end up around a six. I'm between a six or a seven. We're, again, disappointingly on the same page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, I might wind up being a seven because I did really enjoy it, but if, in the knowledge that so much of that enjoyment is not of the film's doing. Yes. But then again, the film is made for people that have seen The Room. So, uh, yeah. I am its target audience. Yeah. And it knows I've seen it. So, if it's leaning on that, yeah, I'm, I'm largely okay with that. I just wouldn't recommend it to someone who hasn't seen The Room. If you haven't seen The Room, go see The Room. Absolutely. Because... Go throw some spoons. So, what I'm really saying is this film is for everybody. The problem is that not everybody's seen The Room yet. And that is a problem. <laughs> so... I guess that's it from us. So if you liked this, uh, give us a rating on iTunes. Feel free to tell everybody you know. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all that shit. And we'll catch you next time. See you, everyone.